Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Beard Law, number 10, the ranking law. This is the law to define how great your beard truly is. So everybody listening to this podcast, what I need you to do, find a picture of me and my beard, and I want you to rank it 1 through 10. Shoot me an email, matt at beardlaws.com, and I'll get the tally up, and we'll let everybody know how truly great you think my beard is. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Beard Laws Podcast, episode number 10. I really appreciate you guys coming back. 10th episode. Where has the time gone? I'm really excited about this episode. I had the pleasure of speaking with Greg Anderson, hell of a photographer from Vegas. He's the official photographer of the National Beard and Mustache Competition. This was his seventh contest that he's done, and the photos are absolutely amazing. Check out beardlaws.com slash podcast for the links to not only his website, but his Facebook and his Instagram, where you can see a bunch of these amazing photos. Again, Greg from the Two Beards, One Record segment wasn't able to make it. Logan with sports and you're in my thoughts was also a no-show. So what I need you to do is email Logan at beardlaws.com. Give him a bunch of shit. Get after him. Tell him you miss him. Tell him you want him back. Bust his balls. He needs it. Let's get him motivated. Let's get him back on here for episode 11. All right, without further ado, here's the interview with Greg Anderson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the Beard Laws podcast. Got an interview coming up, and we got one hell of an intro. Are you guys ready for it? He's a man from Vegas who rolled the dice like a shooter on the craps table, but on a photography career and never sevened out. A man with a better eye than a falcon. A man that can take any situation and make beautiful artwork out of it. A man that is the award-winning official photographer of the National Beard and Mustache Competition. The one, the only, Greg Anderson. Hey, hey. How about that for an intro, huh? That's, that was nice. <laughs> I think I'm the self-appointed photographer for the National Beard and Mustache Championships. So, I don't know if anybody actually appointed me that. I just started showing up and they couldn't get rid of me. So. Hey, that's perfect because I've seen on many websites and a couple of articles that you are the official. So even if you started off that way, I think you're in it now. I think you're in it to win it. I think the interviewers take liberties and, uh, you know, it's always fun to read what's in those articles. And... Oh, yeah. It's got to be awesome, too, just having a media pass to be able to go to one of these events. It is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, ever since uh, 2013. It's been that long, huh? Yeah, I've been. this is my seventh one, I guess. That's awesome. Where was the first one that you went to? you remember? First one was 2013, New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, 
And actually, I missed the Vegas one in 2012, which is how I found out about the whole competition in the first place. Yeah. So I saw the news story and I was like, oh, that's going on. And it's right. It was a half mile from my studio. Oh, wow. And so I immediately started searching it out and found the old producer at the time and um, started sending emails and calling whoever I could and tried to get you know, anybody who was left from the competition into my studio. And he told me that everybody had disbanded and gone back to wherever they came from. <laughs> I was welcome to join them next year. And uh, it was in New Orleans. So I kind of put it on the calendar, watched it for a while and kind of toyed with the idea. And then, you know, the opportunity came up and New Orleans beard competition, House of Blues. Oh, man, you can't beat that. It sounded magical, so. It still does sound magical. And then, you, I mean, even this year, right outside of Chicago. I mean, Chicago's an amazing city as well with some history. It was fun. You know, it was outside Chicago, like you said. And um, we didn't really get, I didn't really get into the city too much. And my schedule was sort of tight with, uh, with photo shoots and meetings to begin with. So I couldn't really take too much time and go into the city and explore. But um, yeah. it was a great time, though. Absolutely. What got you into photography? There had to be like a moment or, or just some something that usually triggers everybody to kind of get into what they have a passion for. Well, late 90s, uh, I lived in Lake Tahoe, California. Um, I had a point-and-shoot camera and just started shooting uh, what I was into. So snowboarding, I would go up to the mountains and, and uh, shoot my friends and, and all that stuff. Ended up moving to New York City from... Uh, Lake Tahoe. So that interest continued when I went to New York and I was just, there's, you know, New York is just such overstimulation, like every single day on the streets and the subways. And so then I took it to another level and got a job at uh, a film processing lab and ended up going to the International Center of Photography there in New York City for a couple of years. Oh, that's awesome, man. It's crazy to think now, like most of the time, at least, you know, where we're from, like you try to go into a store to have some film and everything's shipped out somewhere or a kiosk. You know what I mean? The the days of the old 35 is just gone. And it's, yeah. it's, it's sad to me. I have a buddy who's trying to bring it back, but he's having to buy like lots off eBay <laughs> of decade old film, you know? Well, you know, it's still fairly available. Um and people like me who learned it way back in the day figured out the cheapest way to process it, which is doing it yourself. Absolutely. So I still shoot black and white film and even color now. They have kits for developing color film yourself. Nice. Uh, I don't really shoot 35 millimeter anymore. I think that's, in my world, that's been replaced. Oh, yeah. So I still I shoot medium and large format, uh, yep. mostly black and white, but a little bit of color here and there, like I said. Yep. And, um I still enjoy it, love it. I've got a big camera collection, and and you know it it inspires me sometimes. Just take an old camera off the shelf and walk the streets with it. That's amazing. I was going to ask you. You must have just a handful of different ones, and there's got to be one or two that are just a little bit more special. Whether it was dropped and you remember that time in the late '90s, just the character of them has to be pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, the one for me is I have a Rolleiflex twin lens from 1961. Oh, wow. And I bought it when I lived in, I lived in Manhattan for a while, but then, you know, I got chased out to Brooklyn and uh, about 1999, the rent started getting really expensive. And so, oh yeah, I went out there and there was an old used camera shop right down the street. Uh, I lived in a Polish neighborhood and 
so I went down there and, you know, I would, I kept going in and going in. I had my eye on this rolly and I finally had the money to buy it. And so I went in and, and I still have it and use it to this day. That's awesome. So that's the one. That's the one. You are an award-winning photographer. If you had one of your greatest awards that you won, what do you think it would be? You know, it stems from this project, actually. In 2013, like I said, down in New Orleans, I, I shot that imagery and uh, I put it on Facebook as kind of a delivery method so everybody could go on Facebook and just pull the photos off, just like I did this year. Yep. Um, just makes it really easy for everybody. And uh, from that project, I created a calendar called 2014 Year of the Beard. Yeah. And um, I printed out a couple hundred of them and I sold them and I also sent it out to uh, advertising agencies as a promotional piece for uh, to sort of rebrand myself as a portraitist mm -hmm. uh, instead of just this general photographer who shoots architecture and whatever and whatever else um, I wanted to be known a little bit more as a portraitist and that was very very effective I entered that calendar into uh, the advertising awards that everybody knows as the Addies, mm -hmm. and on a gold uh, local, regional, and national Addy for that calendar. So it got me a lot of publicity, a lot of press, a lot of work. So oh, I was going to say, yeah, with, with success comes more and more work. But yeah. uh, if it's your passion, what's, what's the old saying? If, if you don't work a day in your life, if you do what you love or something like that? Yeah, that's good in theory. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I grow a beard and it's a lot of work. I love to do it, but geez. Well, anybody who runs their own business knows that, you know, uh, probably 10% of what I do is taking photos. So, you know, there's all of the invoicing, estimating, all the promotional stuff, marketing, retouching, everything that isn't photography um, is like 90% of my day. And then, you know, on the lucky occasions, I get to go out and shoot all day and those opportunities for myself you know i go out and, and shoot on the street a lot um and uh you know just throw it on instagram keep it fresh come up with new lighting and portraiture techniques film cameras out so yeah it is what That's i awesome. kind of brings me to my next question i mean being a photographer in the eye that you have you must see a shot in almost like any situation is it hard for you to turn it off it is sometimes, yeah. And, you know, family vacations are those times where I have to sort of modulate. You know, I have to kind of pull back a little bit. I can't be gone all day doing whatever. I have to sort of be there with my family. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, my kids are 10 and 12. My wife and I have been married for quite a while. So she sort of knows when I need to get cut loose and, like, go do my own thing. And then I sort of know where she's had enough of that. And so there's, you know, we've struck that balance at at some point absolutely yeah. <laughs> you always have a camera that you carry with you yes yeah i figured and it, it varies from you know month to month or whatever sometimes i'll just carry a film camera and uh, a couple of rolls of different speed black and white film for whatever i'm you know whatever situation i'm getting myself in yep um and so sometimes I'll just, you know, I'll carry my backup digital camera and a 50 millimeter lens and just walk the streets and see what happens. Yes. So, but yes, always a camera. How do you feel about mobile phones having great cameras and everyone these days thinking that they're photographers? <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, it's anybody can sort of take pictures now, which is great. It sort of democratizes the whole process and everybody's kind of got it at their fingertips. 
And so there's an influx of imagery. There's just a, a glut or like an overabundance of stuff flying at you all the time. Yep. Um, which I don't mind. And I use that camera myself, which, you know, it's pretty much replaced the point and shoot camera because it's the slim camera that's always on you. It's in your pocket. And, and that's great for what it is. Um, it can't, it can't do every photo shoot that I get called on. The phone can't really do that scenario. You know, um, I do sort of bigger, uh, higher production value portrait and lifestyle shoots where, you know, you're scouting, uh, you're hiring talent, you're lighting the whole scene, you're waiting for the light to be right. So there's all these different variables that make what I do sort of outside of what the phone can do. So I, you know, I don't mind it. It doesn't, it's not like it's eating into my business, right. but um, I just, what I do mind is, is clients or people. And I immediately know who they are if, when they call me because they'll, you know, reference iPhone photography or they'll say, <laughs> we're either going to have you do it or our in-house guy with their phone or whatever. And I go, okay, you're not a client that I want to work with probably. Yeah. I have you. You mean so you can't just slide it in portrait mode, take a picture, and be like, "Man, there you go. Put that on your on your calendar. Put that in your magazine." Well, I think people see through that now. You know what I mean? Like, photos. Some photos from a phone are great online or whatever. But a lot of what I do is still in print, and so mm -hmm. I get yeah, I get bummed when people don't know the difference. I guess uh, quality wise. Yeah. So no, it's, it's sad in those regards, like everything like me. I mean, you can see the, the crazy vinyl collection behind me, you know, like everything kind of comes full circle and you're starting to see, you know, people that are getting back into the film and kind of bring that technology back, which is pretty cool. It is cool. And I, I really appreciate that. And I've, like I said, been shooting film for 25 years or something. And so uh, I've seen it be the staple and then go completely away and yep. then come back for like a niche market. And so which I love because, you know, it's more available now. And, you know, somebody, the Impossible Project, bought the rights to Polaroid and they're trying to reproduce that same quality, I think, at some point. But um, so, yeah, it opens it up and I still have Polaroid cameras and all kinds of film cameras that I love using. And so more available the film is, the more I'll use it and be able to, you know, expand on that. World and the cheaper it's going to be. You're not yeah. scavenging this place and that place and they can charge whatever they want. Exactly. Yeah. Well, some of those that have gone out of production, that's still that way. Oh yeah. Holding right on. <laughs> I'd love to get my hands on, but just can't, you know, afford or take the chance on it being expired and bad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm sure there's not much of a return policy on that. Yeah. So I read that your kids got you a shirt that said number one dad. Does it still fit? Because I know a lot of the stuff that my daughter got me, it doesn't quite fit. You know, fatherhood is just hitting me hard. Well, and after you wash them a couple of times, you know, yeah, they get a little tight. But yeah, I think that was in my bio. And so people sort of copied my bio and, and put that out there, which is funny because my thing about photographers bios is a lot of it is, you know, made up shit like with people talking in the third person. <laughs> yeah, I chuckled when I saw that. And I normally don't talk about in the third person, except for in my bios. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of threw something in there. And if I, you know, I don't think anybody gets that deep in my website. But if they do, then I know who it is. And I appreciate that. So. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. I, I was highly expecting when I interviewed you to have the number one dad shirt on. 
so I'm a little let down there, but uh, uh, short notice, you know. So if uh, so if if your kids are listening, you know, Christmas is coming up. Maybe you guys can get them a new shirt. Number one, Dad. In an XL or double XL. Yeah, right. <laughs> dad life. You can't even count the number of photos that you've taken, but there has to be a couple that, that have kind of stood out to you. Is there one or a couple that might be some of your favorite photos? Oh, so yeah, I'd have to break that down in categories. Like my favorite. You know, my favorite photos tend to be the ones of my kids, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have one printed large on my mantle of them down in California, in Southern California, like in 2017, that is my like standout favorite uh, that I've ever taken. Um, my favorite shot professionally that I've ever taken, like this beard stuff is right up there. You know, I love doing it every year. It is, you know, it like... It's the funnest shoot I have all year. Yeah. And, uh, and some of the imagery from it and just the appreciation that everybody, you know, gives from from that project. It's just it's 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 a great um, great environment to shoot in and I'll always get great shots from it. Beards do make great models, I mean. They do, you know what? And there's a famous quote from a photographer that says, if your pictures aren't interesting enough, stand in front of more interesting subject matter. And I'm paraphrasing because, you know, yeah. I don't remember it exactly, but that's, yeah, that's the gist of it. And so that's kind of what I ended up doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big baseball fan as well. Pirates fan, of course, you know, that's oh. I just, I love those baseball ones, the way that those guys get the old school mustaches, the old school uniforms. Those yeah. are, those are some of my uh, favorite ones to look through your album. There was a couple guys this year, the guy from Cincy, who's always got yep. the red uni and then the, uh, the other guy in a more old school. What if you can even pick one? And I don't want any of these bearded guys to get jealous or upset. But is there a favorite beard that you ever shot that just kind of stands out? Uh, there's a, there was a couple, so I'll mention a few of them. So I gotta put. I'll give you a top three or four or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, MJ Johnson always stand out just visually. On camera, it always looks good. Um, I ha I hadn't shot him in anything other than his styled look, and so this time we did like a a down look and then a natural, and then one with rubber bands. And so nice. he's always he's always stand out. Um, this guy behind me up on the wall, though I don't know you're using the video on this. Um, Incredibeard Isaiah Webb. Mm -hmm. I photographed him a couple times, and he's always with the designs just over the top, um, and and quite a few others. Uh, Gary Faulkner comes to mind. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hurt any feelings. And like I said, bearded <laughs> gentlemen that are going to listen to this, yeah. I put him on the spot. Don't don't blame him. It's it's me. So. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, what I really enjoy and what I've come to love over the last couple competitions are. The people who come out of nowhere, the, oh, I'll give you one, Madison Rowley uh, from Portland, Oregon. I, I shot the Beard Comp in 2014 there. I don't think it, I, to my knowledge, nobody had ever heard of the guy, and he walks in and wins the thing. Wow. And he, and he takes best in show and gets the trip to Austria or wherever the, the world's was that year. Uh, who coincidentally shaved his beard off today for charity. Wow. And so, um, yeah, a little shout out to Madison for doing his charitable work. So, yeah, that's amazing. Which brings me to another little tangent. Like, I love that the fact that all of these competitions, they're all for charity. 
they give money to charitable organizations and I think that's amazing and it's one of the things that you know I don't think it's talked about enough it's like oh look at these wacky beards and the stories <laughs> and they fail to mention all the time the the money that goes to the charitable organizations so yeah uh, that's a yeah that's an amazing thing for beard laws my brand what I did is a couple years ago my brother got cancer so he yeah. was through the uh, treatments and stuff at the Richard E. Winter Cancer Center at the hospital where I work. And the TVs are 15-inch CRT TVs. Terrible <laughs> TVs. Like, he's sitting in the chair. They're probably seven, eight foot in there trying to watch it. He looks at me. He's, you know, not feeling real well. He goes, I can't even tell if it's the new Price is Right or the old one because I can't tell if Drew Carey's fat or not. <laughs> so right then and there, I was like, man, I got to come up with a way to get these replaced. So I talked to a couple of people in the hospital, cut out of the budget, cut out of the budget. More or less, they told me, if you want to upgrade them, you got to donate the money yourself. So uh. I was like, what can I do? So I created Beard Laws. And as of today, I donated just over $7,200 in a couple of months. And with the potential of about 3000 more that's going into it by the end of the year. We're going to replace 11 bays of the treatment center. They're putting two more in. So hopefully I'm going to pitch in and do that. So, I mean... It's just maybe it's just something about growing a beard that just it's like, man, I got to give back to the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, great work, man. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. It's something that uh, that I've been passionate about. And it just kind of segues with, you know, the charitable work. And maybe I could have been him going to Chicago and no name, but it just didn't work out for me this year. And yeah. the fact that I have no idea how to style as crazy as them yet. Yeah. But that's what I want to do. I want to get to one of these events and and be able to have a conversation with some of these guys and pick up some tips and tricks, you know? Well, they happen every year, and uh, I'll be there. So so what's the longest your beard's ever been? <laughs> oh, a little bit longer than what it is now. So I'm, you know, the sort of uh, unkept business beard type and, and the low-maintenance sort of guy. And, and um, actually, you know, a couple years ago, it got pretty long, and then... I don't know. It turns summer here. And I mean, uh, so if you want, do you want to tell us like about your gallery, uh, how people can, you know, contact you for work, how they can purchase your work if it's for sale, anything like that, if you want to kind of, you know, talk about that. Sure. My gallery is in uh, the arts district in Las Vegas. Um, you can catch me here pretty much all the time. It's actually where I do a lot of my post-production work, my Photoshop stuff, whatever. Uh, the gallery has about 22, 23 uh, beard and mustache championship photographs in it from over the past seven years. Just a selection of mine that, you know, that I love. And so everybody's free to come see it anytime. Uh, reach out any way you want. Uh, I'm always here. So Instagram underscore Greg Anderson, uh, Facebook Greg Anderson Photography. Uh, go to my website, gregandersonphoto.com. Any of those will work. That'll all link uh, my contact information. And yeah, feel free to reach out. Absolutely. What's next for Greg Anderson Photography? You got any big plans coming up? You got some shoes? So, yeah. So I drove to Chicago from Las Vegas to shoot the Nationals that just happened. And along the way, I made uh, appointments with advertising agencies in uh, Salt Lake City, Denver, Kansas City, and then a couple coming back through. And so I got uh, quite a good response from the work. I had a printed portfolio that I took and showed to some people and then showed them some of the beard photos. Uh, and I've already been getting calls, a potential shoot for the XFL. Oh, uh, nice. 
And so, um, yeah, so a lot of commercial work coming up. Actually, the holidays are usually kind of uh, slow, but this year um, there's there's a lot going on. So a lot of commercial stuff and catch up from my trip and, and you know, the whole process of getting all of the media requests fulfilled from the beard competition because that thing flies around the world like crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then just keep pushing. And I got a couple personal projects in the work, just some portrait stuff around Las Vegas. Yep. And, uh, yeah, hopefully more the same and better next year. Absolutely, man. Yeah, congrats on everything you've done so far. And, and uh, like I said, I appreciate, you know, your time and everything. One thing I do want to ask you, if you got, like, two more minutes, sure. is on a couple of different social media outlets, what I do is I ask, would you rather questions? Would you rather vomit every time someone mentions McDonald's or have to wear a fedora for the rest of your life? Oh, man, my kids are eating a lot of McDonald's, well, are trying to eat a lot of McDonald's these days, so... <laughs> But every other photographer in Vegas wears a fedora, so yes. this is kind of a conundrum. I guess it's vomiting uh, and with uh, hearing McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd have to pick that one too. Kind of brings about you know some uneasiness in my stomach anyway. So <laughs> you're right. It's Would you a- rather go to jail for one year or go to jail with a Rubik's cube and you can't leave until you solve it? Oh, the Rubik's cube because I can solve them. Oh shit. <laughs> I've been trying for about a year and a half to figure one out. It's like this IT one. It's got yeah. computers and all this. Don can't do it. I'm still trying, but I'd oh, still be, I'd still be in have, jail. You have time for a tangent story, real quick? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. So, New Orleans, 2013. I get in line and I'm blanking on his name, but it'll come to me. Um, there's a dude frantically doing a Rubik's cube in line. You know, there's kind of a line to get into where I'm, I'm photographing. He's frantically doing a Rubik's cube and he comes up on set and he's got the cube in his hands and he looks at me and he goes, you probably want me to pound the nail into my nose, right? And I go, what are you, what could this guy be talking about? And I'm like, of course I do, yes, do that. And so he gets a nail out of his pocket, puts it in his nose and I go, pound it in with the Rubik's cube. So I have a photo of him <laughs> pounding a nail into his nose with the Rubik's cube. Wow. <laughs> wow. And I should know his name, but I don't. Uh, from Justin. Damn it. It's been too long. I haven't seen him at any competition since then. So. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you think there are more murderers or porn stars in the world? Oh, probably porn stars these days. That's what I yeah. yeah. With all the amateur stuff that's going around. Yeah. Yep. In Vegas, there's probably a good share of both. Yeah, I was going to say. And (laughs) Chicago. Shout out Chicago. If you could pick one person from TV or movies to be your college roommate, who do you pick? Mm, Jeff Bridges. Hell, you can't go wrong with that. My guy, yeah. He's uh, very photogenic, and he's the dude. So, I mean, seems like an interesting character, a great actor. Absolutely. Probably a lot of fun to hang out and drink whiskey with. Has to be, right? Has Uh, to be. All right. (laughs) Last one for you. So you are granted the ability to time travel, but you can only say 10 words to your past self. What would you say? This one gets deep. Oh, uh, yeah, you're getting deep. Yeah. Try to, I try to end on a really deep, you know, positive note. And the- I would just say push forward and get your ass in gear sooner. Like I, yeah. I'm 44 now and I wish, you know, like 
anybody who's got a couple years under their belt, I wish I knew now what I did then and, and don't wait for shit to be perfect. Just push out and do it and figure out stuff from there. Like just, just move, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great advice. So any, any photographers listening? Yeah. Pressing gear and just do it. That's exactly, people ask me that and that's exactly what I tell them. Just push. Don't have an end product in mind. Don't wait for shit to be perfect. Just move. Do what you're going to do. Execute on every idea. Write down every idea. And just, you know, and just tack left to right from there. Don't wait for shit to be perfect. Just get it going. Absolutely. What an amazing answer. (laughs) Well, man, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. I'm not going to hold you up anymore. Like I said, I I appreciate you doing this. Hopefully we'll stay in touch. Maybe do this down the road, see what you're up to. Hopefully I can get out to Vegas and watch a hockey game here soon and, and meet up. Go Knights, go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that. Let me know if you come out. I'd be happy to host you. Absolutely. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you. All right, man. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. What an amazing guy. What an amazing interview. I'm so thankful for Greg for taking the time to do that. So again, thank you very much. Make sure you guys check him out. That's going to wrap up episode 10. Be on the lookout for episode 11. If you're interested in being a sponsor on the show, if you're interested in being an interviewee, you got something you want to talk about, you want something that you want everybody to know, hit me up, Matt at Beardlaws.com. Make sure to check out Beardlaws.com slash podcast to get all the links to check out Greg Anderson and his amazing work and all the links from previous episodes. Again, thank you for listening and as always, Beard On.
Isaac Quainor, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO.